0: Welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that all of our fabulous listeners know everything there is to know about ball handling or the infield fly rule. I'm Rachel, your baseball guru, now in spring training. Yay! And this is... I'm Nancy. I am your basketball enthusiast, among other things. And
1: I'm Rebecca. I'm your uh, hockey, sports, know-a-lot person. (laughs)
0: And uh, we are going to d- dedicate this episode to uh, some of the current events in our sports, which um, have kind of fallen by the wayside as we've been talking about some uh, other interesting uh, developments in our various sports, but um, we haven't given an update on their teams. That's yet. true. Okay. So which one of you wants to go first?
2: Well, I'm going to dive in. Okay. Because... Go for you know, it. One of the other things that we're going to talk about is a Warriors game that Rachel and I watched yep. a couple days ago. Um And the main excitement of that game was that Steph Curry, who is the Warriors' number one guy, uh, technically number 30 guy, but, but, you know, (laughs) favorite guy, Uh, is back. He's been out for, like, four months because some enormous basketball player literally fell on his hand and broke it very badly.
0: You do need your hands for basketball. In fact, fact. Uh,
2: at least a little bit. Um, (laughs) And I personally have been feeling very sympathetic to Steph because... He broke it so bad he had to have two surgeries on it. And apparently he has some nerve damage. And I, too, oh, no. have some nerve damage because of surgery. So I was <laughs> like, <laughs> Steph, my bro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and this is why you don't play professional basketball. You say it all the time. It's yeah. true.
2: I mean, if if only I did not have nerve damage mm-hmm. in my knee, I would absolutely play for the Warriors at an NBA level. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like and I think that's, that's, that's accurate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If only. I mean, we said it on this podcast. That means it's true. <laughs> yes, it does. We wouldn't all of lie our to you. Are correct. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Steph Curry's back. That is the big deal. Of course, he came back, and then he promptly, apparently, got the flu.
0: Which, oh like, no! Great timing, <laughs> yeah. Steph.
2: Um, so I don't know if he's going to be playing. I think they're playing tonight. I don't know that he was unconfirmed last I checked for the next game. Oh. Um, but. It was great. It was really fun that he's back, and the other things uh, that we have not yet talked about, because we were talking about the Super Bowl, and then also, like, there was stuff going on, and we didn't record quite as frequently as we thought we were going to, but uh, one of the other things that came up uh, was that the Warriors at the trade deadline... hmm, Dumped like half their team, <laughs> so they uh, traded some important pieces and some not so important pieces. Um, but in particular, they traded uh, D'Angelo Russell, uh, who had been sort of oh, oh, been wow. acquired in the off season, right, as their like great hope for the future. Uh, and there was a lot of controversy about trading him because you really liked him. No, no, no. Everybody no. else really liked. him. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't. I didn't dislike yeah, him. But I think I,
0: was I remember stupid. you it's, expressing some. You know, after you'd seen him play and some positive sentiments, but yeah, yeah not he was, on the same level. He was,
2: so D'Angelo Russell, uh, you can get really into his background if you want to get into his background. But basically, he was a very promising rookie. He, I believe he went to the Lakers first, um, and I believe it was Kobe Bryant's last season. And he did some dumb things and did not get quite the opportunities to play that he thought he should. And he got traded. I think he was in New York for two seasons. He'd kind of been around a little bit. He was kind of one of those Warriors rehab projects where they bring him on and they're like, "Okay, hey, we're going to okay. give you a place to play to really like show your worth. And to his credit, he could shoot real well. So like sometimes he'd come out and he'd have 30, 40 point nights, which was great. Wow. But one of the real problems for him... So, so the Warriors brought him on and they gave him a max contract. So they really invested in him in ways that a lot of people sort of had a question mark about, including sure. Um And one of the main reasons there was a big question mark about that was, you know, even if he is a real good shooter, how is he going to fit with the rest of the team? And the answer was not super well. Um, and so then they 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 basically just decided to cut their losses i guess uh, at the trade deadline which is an interesting choice because people figured they'd wait until the off season and then trade him for another big piece or trade him for you know a lot of money or or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. but apparently they did not even want to stick with him that long wow. yeah so 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 that was an interesting trade they so what did they here. get in return well I'm so happy you asked. (laughs) (laughs) They got a guy named Andrew Wiggins, uh, who is another sort of, you know, similar thing. He was uh, another promising rookie. He went to Minnesota and has been there for a while. And I guess hasn't been real happy. He played, uh, like, second or third fiddle there. But, you know, was supposed to come in and, like, be the number two player and, like, really help everything go well. And it just hasn't worked out. They have not been a good team. They just have not, you know, like not for want of him trying necessarily, but just not a great system. Not a lot of winning. Um, so they got Andrew Wiggins instead. Um, and he seems to be working out really quite well. Yeah. So the other thing that, uh, they did at the trade deadline was get themselves back under the luxury tax. Um, which the Warriors have been deep into for a while, and their owner, Joe Lacob, who is literally just made of money.
1: Can has you always... explain the luxury
2: tax? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> I can try to explain the luxury tax. So there is a um, the, the very simple version of it is that there is a limit on how much teams can spend on all of their players as a whole. And, the salary oh, cap. The salary cap, exactly. And that's the idea is that it keeps the teams roughly even-ish in competitiveness, right? You can't just put all of the best players on one team and then go beat the pants off everybody. Lots of people accuse the Warriors of having done this anyway, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) If you can get the five best players to agree to a lower salary, you can do it. But when you you pass the salary cap, uh, you get charged a lot more tax. And so, you may be play, paying a player, you know, $5 million, but what you're actually paying to have that player is like $23 million, which is a, a okay. lot more, right? And the further you go, the more expensive it gets, until you eventually hit a thing called the hard cap, which is like, no,
0: really, you cannot <laughs> spend
2: any more money on this team.
0: Where so, does the money go to? Sorry, I
2: am I breaking in. I think maybe the NBA, I genuinely don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I assume. To the NBA, but yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. um But so the Warriors had been in the luxury tax because they had they had the advantage of having gotten Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green when they were sort of young unknowns and signed them to relatively low deals. But then they all had to renew and had to get paid, um, and then they had KD and all of their their salaries went up. Um, Joe Lacop, who's the, the owner, super didn't care. He just kept saying, like, whatever it takes, we'll keep these guys, whatever it takes. Um, and, he, and he proved that true for all of them and their contracts, pretty much. Mm. Um, but this season has sucked, <laughs> and the Warriors have <laughs> lost a lot. Right, And apparently right. he is less willing to do that <laughs> for everybody else on the team when they are losing all the time. <laughs> Which, I mean, okay. Yeah. They're, so they did a bunch of trading at the trade deadline and got back down mm-hmm. under uh, the luxury tax. Um, so that and then in the off season that gives them a lot more flexibility to change up other people on their roster, which is really important okay. for them because right now, yeah, not so great. So one of the interesting things that they've been doing this season in terms of trading is they had a couple good players who they are gambling with. They let them go. Um even though they liked them and even though those players liked them and they're planning slash hoping to get them back in the off season. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. So right now they're playing with basically like half the team is G league. Like they're all these guys on like two way contracts and it's really like really the Warriors team right now, aside from like the starting five is like guys that you would never see anywhere else. Um, and they're hoping to get some of these guys they traded away and some of these guys that they let just be free agents back in the summer. Maybe it'll work. Uh,
0: yeah, that sounds like <laughs> you break up with someone to play the field uh, Yeah, and and just kind of so hope they don't get exactly together with what anyone is. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally. It's, what that is it's not a good bet.
1: But it's really interesting that you bring it up. Um, so I have been listening, but I've also been looking Googling. as I'm listening. <laughs>
2: yeah, no do it. Um,
1: It looks like you explained the luxury tax exactly right. Um, I was not finding too much in terms of dollar amount for the luxury tax for um, the NBA, like currently. But as of, I want to say 2005, Mm -hmm. it was like if you're uh, up to $5 million over, the tax is $3.75 per dollar that you're over.
2: Yeah, wow. it's huge. It is
1: that's huge. that's huge. Yeah. So, um, the NBA salary cap right now, I think, is 117 million. The that sounds about right. NHL salary cap is about 81 or 82 million.
0: Mm-hmm. Really, and, that much lower? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and
0: I think the MLB doesn't have one. Is that true? I I think you're right, but I have done literally no research into that. (laughs) Well, and one of the things with the salary cap is that I remember going
2: into the 2019-2020 season, excuse me, um, the Warriors were spending something like 85% of their allotted salary on, like, five guys. Yeah. Which severely limited what they could do. And then, of course, two of those five guys were out like pronto with injury. And so it's like, what do you know? Three of them. Cause Looney too. So yeah.
1: So now I'm seeing something that, that says clubs in baseball have a quote predetermined threshold. So they're not calling it a salary cap, but it looks like it's functionally the same thing. Huh. Um, and it was $206 million in 2019.
0: That's wow. That's well, but they have that's a That's more- insane. Like, that's true. So, yes. So they do
1: yeah. have. Um, but I, but your point about like trading people and then hoping that they'll come back. Mm-hmm. So um, the hockey trade deadline happened on February 24th. And one of the things that the Capitals did was they picked up Ilya Kovalchuk from mm-hmm. the Montreal Canadiens. And, so Kovalchuk is an interesting story, but for the for the brief version that's that's just affected by this, he was picked up by the Canadians in late December, early January, mm-hmm. and the Habs are probably not going to make it to the playoffs. And Kovalchuk wants to win a Stanley Cup. I mean, mm-hmm. every player wants to win a Stanley Cup, but sure, um, he wants it so real bad. A- he does want it real bad. So apparently. The GM of the general manager of the Canadians said to him, all right, we will trade you somewhere, anywhere you want to go with the assumption that this is going to buy us some goodwill for you to come back here mm-hmm. after you win a cup, theoretically, mm-hmm. which I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Because like if if some team picks him up and they win a cup and they can keep him for cheap. Mm hmm. They
0: might not might not send him back, and, and and if he can keep playing with a team that can get him to the yeah, Stanley yeah, Cup, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and and like he's friends with Alex Ovechkin. They've wanted to play together since they were like 13 years old. So now he's on the Capitals. I'm sorry. Why would he go back to Montreal? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Habs fans, but uh, but I I I'm with you. I find that whole concept fascinating. That we're gonna trade you now. But we'll sign you again. Like, we promise. You can come back here. It's just weird to me.
2: Okay. I'm trying to think about what else has been going on with the Warriors. The trade deadline was the biggest thing. The trading D'Angelo Russell away, um, in particular, though there were a few other guys they traded to, was, was such a big deal. And and I think it was really a big deal because it was so clearly just, like, a vote of lack of confidence. Yeah, You know?
0: Um, yeah, to not mm-hmm. even go
2: through the whole season. Exactly. Even when you know, like, it's a losing season, and, like, you're just, there's yeah. no salvaging it. Like, Do you think there were, like, personal disputes that got involved? I don't know if I would necessarily say I would think that there were personal disputes, but I do think it's clear that, like, something was just not clicking. Yeah. You know, like, he, it, I mean, the thing that I said last fall about watching the Warriors, and which has remained true all season for the most part, is just that it's, like five different guys each playing a game.
0: Yeah. Rather than a yeah. team
2: trying to play a game. And I think D'Angelo Russell really showed that. I think one of the other things, and this is you know, based on hearsay and lots of Twitter, um, was that there may have been a sense that he was not interested in improving his game in the way the Warriors wanted him to improve his game, because the Warriors mm. focus a lot on defense and on sharing ball. Like those mm-hmm. those two things are are hallmarks of theirs. Um, and he's a very good individual player who knows what he does well, and you know, not unfairly wants to play to his strengths rather than have to learn a whole new system mm-hmm. and, you know, focus on what he's doing in relation mm-hmm. to the best. He's terrible on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of think maybe they brought him on thinking, we'll teach him to play a little defense. He'll be a big star for us while, you know, Clay is out and, and then... Mm-hmm promptly while steph is out <laughs> um and you know we'll teach him how to grow in a couple ways and he'll be able to fit in and and i i, I think that must have just not happened yeah must have just kind of been like no I'm, I'm gonna do my thing yeah and you know not necessarily with animosity like I, I didn't ever get the sense and i didn't see anything that said that there was any sense of like they all hate each other and nobody right, likes to right. it, you know just to sort of like No, but that's not working
1: out. Yeah, that sense of fit is so fascinating. And Mm -hmm. I mean, even even trading someone who doesn't fit well at the trade deadline, you're still taking a risk picking somebody else up that they may or may not fit,
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: especially for teams that were, you know, that are that are big buyers at the deadline and just trying Mm -hmm. to pull on assets. You've no idea if all of these, you know, star players, really good players, you know, skilled Mm -hmm. players are going to get along. Mm -hmm. And that's Frankly, that's half the battle when you're trying to get to the playoffs.
2: Yeah, no, it's really true. Well, and the other thing was, uh, looking to the future, Andrew Wiggins fits the needs of the team better, um, mm-hmm. just in terms of like what position he plays and what kind of role he plays. So I think I think it made a lot of sense. I mean, I think it was a very I think it was very much a gamble, um, but it's so far it seems to have paid off. Andrew Wiggins seems to be fitting in pretty well. Um, he's on the like, I think it was like one game that Steph played back so far. He and Andrew Wiggins have played together well. Um, nice. So, so it seems like it may have really paid off. And then if they can manage to get back the couple of guys that they are hoping to get back, they might come. Well, out I guess they play.
0: what they were doing wasn't working clearly, so they might as yeah. well take yeah. some chances.
2: Well, right, especially I mean it's already a lost season, so yeah. like. You kind of can't get any worse.
0: The only they can win. always that's get not, worse.
2: Not much. They're, they're at like fifteen wins, um, but yeah. So, so I mean, if you're going to take a gamble like that, now's the time to do it, I guess. So right. Yeah. So that's that's my Warriors update. I think that's pretty much it.
1: Um, and it looks like as of an hour ago, he is out tonight.
2: Yes, that, that checks out.
1: Um, Definitely,
2: yes. Okay, they have confirmed that he does not have coronavirus. He just (laughs) has the flu. They think he caught it from his infant son who had it recently. Oh, babe. Yeah. (sighs) But yeah, what timing? Yeah, (laughs) he made just back from from being out for four months. Also, when the plague is going around, and now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hashtag. Sorry, I have the flu. At least he didn't re-injure himself. I'm always whenever somebody (sighs) comes back from injury, you know. Oh
1: God. God. Yeah.
0: Well, sitting on the edge s- of my seat waiting for some
2: right. other guy to fall on his hand. Well, and that's another thing, right? So there was a lot of question over whether they should even bring Steph Curry back or just let him sit out the rest of the season. He wanted to come back. No, Clay I'm Thompson sure. Of course he been. did. Right, of course he did, right? Right. And there's an argument for getting him in playing with the rest of the team, right? Like, getting mm-hmm. used to these other folks. Clay Thompson has been ruled out for the rest of the season. There was thought okay. that he would come back after the All-Star break, but they have determined that that's not the case. Um, so that's a bummer. Uh, but the other thing is that both Clay Thompson and Steph Curry were, uh, maybe going to go to the Olympics this summer. Oh. And so they were kind of focusing on like, you know, instead of having them come back and like play out the end of a losing season, maybe just let them keep doing rehab and then go to the Olympics. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Now, what's that like having your favorite players go to the Olympics? Because the NHL hasn't gone to the Olympics in... Right. I mean, the last two at least.
2: <laughs> honestly, it's just weird because, at least for me, because like they're playing on a team with all these other guys that they play against. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I kind of don't know who to root for. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. like, it just feels strange. I mean, I think it's probably very fun for them in that mm-hmm. way. But but as a fan, it's a little bit like, okay, well, I'm rooting for just Clay. <laughs> for like, uh, that's, know, what, like, that's what I do. Just Steph. It's, yeah, it's strange.
1: Yeah, shortly after the regular season of hockey ends, they do the world championships of hockey. And I enjoy watching that just to watch the individual players. I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily care who wins. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess part of the difference here is also that um, the Winter Olympics are during the hockey season Mm -hmm. and the Summer Olympics are not during the basketball season.
2: Right. Well, and the other piece, too, is, like, basketball is one of the more boring things to watch in the Summer Olympics. Like honestly (laughs) so i just you know if i'm watching the olympics which i don't always because i you know but i did i did watch some of the most recent summer olympics and some of the most recent winter olympics but i like to watch like the more obscure stuff the stuff i wouldn't otherwise be following and like i like to watch the gymnastics and the swimming and the synchronized diving Mm -hmm. and all that Mm -hmm. nonsense Mm -hmm. i I can watch basketball the rest of the year i don't really care about Mm -hmm. olympic basketball i guess it makes
0: sense. Yeah, yeah, and I've been looking up some stuff because I, um, I knew they took baseball away a few years ago, and they're bringing it back for this oh, Olympics. Okay. And I wasn't sure how the team um, mm-hmm. was going to be determined. Um, looks like four teams have qualified: Japan, Israel, South Korea, Mexico. Hmm. Um, and another American team will qualify through an America's Continental tournament in this month. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know, but I don't know who the team is made up of. And right. you're right; summer Olympics are going to take place during right in the middle of baseball, baseball season. season. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I'll have to do a little more research on that.
1: Well, we can have all sorts of conversations about different sports in the summer when the Olympics. Oh are. yeah! Yes. Oh yeah! I'm so
0: excited! That's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Rebecca, as you cough your lung out, how? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's going on in your sport these days?
1: Uh, so, in a, in a odd turn of events, uh, the Flyers have won nine games in a row. Hmm. Dang. Yes. And the Capitals have lost something like eight of their last ten.
0: Oh, no. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, Caps are playing extremely poorly. Um, they managed to take it into overtime last night, which was a shocker to everyone, because (laughs) they've been playing so poorly, not because... They shouldn't have won because they should have won, but they just, they, they like, they can't string together 60 minutes of a game.
2: What's happening? Um, Do you like, is there one particular thing they're just falling apart on or is it just like sheer dumb luck? So
1: I wish it was dumb luck, but no, it's, it's not, they are still taking far too many penalties, which has been Mm -hmm. a trend this season, but for a long time this season, they were able to effectively use their penalty kill unit to stop the other team from scoring when they had an extra man on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, their penalty kill is still doing pretty well, but they're taking enough penalties that those players are getting very tired.
0: Oh, oh. that sucks.
1: Um And it's, and it's like every once in a while, I don't mind a penalty because you can stop a scoring play or, or something like that. But a lot of these are undisciplined penalties that they just do not need to be taking.
2: Not
0: strategic.
1: Um, And then, no, not strategic at all. Very emotional sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh and they are struggling to have their passes connect. It's really interesting to watch. So if you if you watch a hockey game with a team that's clicking, so like if you watch a Flyers game right now, mm-hmm. um, you can hear on the broadcast the slap of the puck against the stick when it goes from player to player, right? Mm-hmm. You can hear yeah. those really crisp passes. When you watch the Capitals, it's like they get a one, one good pass out of five, Wow. And so it means they're chasing the puck or they have to spin around to get the puck or the other team takes it away, or any number of things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't know how you fix that problem <laughs> um, but it's it's very frustrating because they have the skill to win, and they're good enough to win and they have the chemistry to win. I mean, they're mm-hmm. still, first or second in their division, mm-hmm. but it's because they played so insanely well in the first half of the season. Right. And, but if they continue like this, they will just play themselves right out of the playoffs. Right. But on a positive note, flyers are doing amazing. <laughs> um, of course, as a lifelong Philadelphia sports fan, I am waiting for that to be ripped out from under me.
2: Right. <laughs> naturally, Cause that's,
1: that's what happens. And uh, the flyers are actually playing Boston tonight and the Bruins are very good this season, so mm. uh, it would be. I mean, it's always wonderful for the Flyers to win, but it would be extra good if they could beat the Bruins. Also, because fuck Boston sports. <laughs> Word, fuck
2: Boston. Standard, yeah. standard uh, podcast yeah. position on
1: this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's my teams. Um, the uh, The hockey trade deadline passed as well during the, during our last uh, podcast break um there was there were so many transactions this year compared to last year. I remember so we we talked about this very briefly early early on in the podcast that Rachel is largely uninterested in trade deadlines <laughs>
0: you, I, I'll just have hand, a brief nap right now <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rachel I on the other hand, <laughs> yeah,
1: I uh, blocked my calendar for the NHL trade deadline about four months ago so that I wouldn't have any meetings
2: that day, <laughs> so
1: amazing. that I could so that I could just follow the news. And I remember last year, for a good chunk of the day, we were just waiting, and there was nothing. And this year, it was like every. 15, yeah. 30 minutes. There was I noticed no news. That.
2: Yeah, everybody like, was
1: very active.
2: I'm in between you guys. Like, I don't. I'm. I'm not deeply invested in it, but I. I treat it sort of like gossip. I like to see it coming through. Yeah, yeah. But it, I don't. I don't. I don't care. Care, but I find it entertaining. And right. Yeah. I really
0: noticed that this year. There it was, was like, a
1: lot of action here until night. So yeah. yes,
0: a- across the league, not just your yes. teams? Yeah. Yes. Wow.
1: No, in fact, my teams were relatively quiet. Um, the Capitals finished their moves on Sunday and the trade deadline was Monday. The Flyers picked up one or two minor guys. Stars didn't do anything. Avs. They might've picked, picked up one person. Oh, they did. They picked up, uh, Um, so they were very quiet, but, um, but the Ducks, the Oilers, um, the Panthers, the Blue Jackets, the Wild, the Kings, so the Sharks, yeah, quite quite a number of transactions. Um, not not a lot of huge ones,
2: but a um, lot of like just a lot of small motion.
1: Yes, a lot of small motions. Um, I'm going I'm going back through the the list. Um, so Ilya Kovalchuk was, was, I mean, big for me because it involved the, um, capitals.
2: Well, and one of the um, players that I like on the sharks went to the capitals, right? Dylan. You you Brendan Dillon, Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bummed about that, but I'm happy for you. Yeah.
1: Like um, yeah. So I, I guess we should also touch on a little bit of what the trade deadline is. So, oh, yeah, please. so at least in hockey, there's, um, but i uh, given the conversation i assume it's the same in basketball there's a de- there's a point in the season at which no other trades can be made and that player be eligible to play in the playoffs right so teams can continue making trades throughout the rest of the season but the player doesn't get to play so no player wants to be traded after the deadline um so there's usually a lot of trade action happening in the week or two up to the deadline and then deadline day comes and there's some amount of action depending on the year and depending on the GMs in question. Um, For the NHL, everything has to be on paper and sent via fax to the NHL offices (laughs) in New York. Wow. Via fax. Wow. Yes. And then, for some number of hours after that, the NHL staffers, interns, whoever still knows how to use a fax machine, collects those, reviews all of the contracts, puts them in the system, and, and the NHL has to confirm whether the trade is allowed or not. So whether like the terms of the trade are, are acceptable. Mm-hmm. So technically, the trade deadline is over at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. But it tends to go on for several hours after that because they're receiving messages by fax.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So not the interns who are doing this because I doubt any of them have ever in, interacted yeah. with the fax machine.
1: No, you know what, the, what's probably happening. The interns are picking up the paper from the fax and typing it into a system. No, no that's what's happening.
0: You're right. Am I wrong? <laughs> oh,
1: oh, it hurts me.
2: But you're right.
1: It does. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we got Brendan Dillon a week or so before the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like him. He, I think he fits in with the team really well. But he is like the number one penalty taker in the league. And so for a team that was already taking too many penalties, I feel like we shouldn't have picked up a guy who mm-hmm. takes too many penalties. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I like him. And he really does seem to fit in. Um,
2: yeah, and at- I think
1: he's a good defender. And he's a giant.
2: Yeah. But yeah, not a small dude. No, no. <laughs>
1: but we already take too many penalties. That was not something we needed to pick up.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, the Sharks also traded uh, Patty Marlowe, who, whatever. Yes. Who I, I, oh, like, yeah. I, it's important to the fan base, but he was gone before I got into the Sharks, so I'm not emotionally attached. But then mm-hmm. they also got rid of uh, Goodrow. Uh, who,
1: yeah, Barclay Goodrow. He went yeah. to the
2: Panthers? I don't remember. He wasn't like ever one of my like top favorites, but I always liked him. I thought he was a good, good player. I thought he didn't necessarily always get the credit he deserved. So a little bummed to see. Oh, play. he went to the Lightning. Oh, okay.
1: He went to the Lightning. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, Patrick Marlowe is now dead to me because he went to the uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh,
2: so. yeah. Sorry, Patty. Yeah, that's okay.
1: Yeah, who else did you guys get rid of?
2: A mm, bunch of smaller time guys, I think. Uh, just two, Marlowe and,
1: oh, it was just, oh, well, it was just those two on the deadline, Marlowe and uh, Goodrow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina and uh, made a lot of moves.
0: Did they?
1: Okay. Anyway, yeah. There are too many to go through.
0: Uh-huh. Well, I'm just enjoying the loud xylophone music currently playing in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So baseball does also do trade deadlines. They do. You just don't pay attention. Yeah, to just, ugh, like, at the end, you know, tell me who's going to show up, who's mm-hmm. not. How does this affect me personally? <laughs> oh, it doesn't? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know. I've just, I've gotten frustrated with trades that seem to happen randomly, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. one day the the guy who was just on your team is suddenly playing against you, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, mm-hmm. like, it's so far out of my control that I'm just like, oh i can't I can't even pay attention, just tell me well, that's over.
1: interesting because it's so far out of my control that I get anxious about it, uh, and like i i I think it comes with getting too emotionally invested in individual players yeah. because then I'm like, no, I don't want you to leave. I mean, right. again, this is how I end up with four teams <laughs> because
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't know. Trade the whole trade and trade deadline thing is a weird thing. Like, I feel like everybody who's into sports just takes it for granted that this is a thing that happens. But if you step back and think about it, it's kind of weird. Like, mm-hmm. why do you not just play with
0: the team you have for the
2: entire season? Yeah,
0: I mm-hmm. I wish or like, I don't know. Give them a month, and if it's not working out, then maybe make some trades. But yeah, like, yeah, when you go a whole season with one team and then switch at the last minute, I don't yeah, know. It's just. It's a strange well, custom.
1: It, it is a strange custom, but I kind of get it in the push to the playoffs because mm-hmm. there are some, te- some teams that are just completely out of it. Like, they right. have no sure. – they are not going to make it to the playoffs. The Sharks, for example. They're not sure. going to make it to the playoffs <laughs> this year. So – especially if they have players whose contracts end at the end of this year, mm-hmm. if they trade them, they could get something back for that. They could get a prospect, mm-hmm. you know, a, a young guy coming up through the system. They could get a draft pick. They could get some other player with right. term left on his
2: contract. Right. Um, well, and that's just what the Warriors did. I mean, in exchange for, I think it was in exchange for Dulo, they got first round picks in like the next two yeah. years, which they yeah. desperately need. So I mean, I, I get it in the sense of like it's strategic asset trade. Yeah, but it just feels—it feels a feels little I mean.
0: Yeah, just, it's just do all that in the off season, right? Exactly. Just, like, you play with this team you got. The season's over. Okay, now make some changes. Yeah, yeah, sure. But but
1: Rachel, in the off season they don't have Patrick Marlowe to trade. So here, if they trade him, they get somebody back for him. Whereas if they wait till the off season, his contract expires and they get nothing.
0: We'll still have the contracts run through the beginning of the next season. (laughs) I don't know. Simple answers for things I don't understand. (laughs) It's so obvious to me. That's what the internet specializes in. We're right on brand.
2: (laughs) 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 Well, Okay. So, yeah, that's that's all I care about with the Warriors' traits. I don't have anything for, further to say about the Warriors. And we've hit on the bits of the sharks. They got rid of Dylan, which, and and Goodrow, and, and Marlow, whatever. Um,
0: He's dead to me. He doesn't exist anymore. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. That one guy, they got rid of that Yeah, one that guy. guy. Him. We had... Sorry, I'm, I'm stepping on Rachel. Go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I was just going to uh, see if there were any other uh, current of, or anything more related to... Trade deadlines that we want to talk about. I have a little bit of, of current baseball news to get to. Ooh. I want to hear. I'm
1: I'm first. good on trade. Le- I, I'm good on trade deadline stuff. You can wake okay. up now and come back okay. to us. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> Welcome back. <Rachel. laughs> okay, so we are indeed in the midst of spring training right now. Um, started toward the end of February, and uh, opening day for baseball season is March twenty-sixth. Coming up on that real quick. Um, so the A's are near the top of the spring training standings in the West. Uh, Kind of fun, though that doesn't mean a whole lot because the Marlins are currently number two in the East. So oh, good for the
2: Marlins! Yeah,
0: they were undefeated for like the first eight or nine uh, games. Oh my gosh! It's kind of like get you know, because enjoy it while well it lasts. Save that for the regular season, <laughs> does you? Well, spring training. and I'm sure it's the same with the preseason for y'all sports too. But mm. you know, their teams are trying out new things. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe all the teams split into two traveling teams, like a home team and a traveling team, and they all so they see who plays well with whom. And who's got one traveling team? With. Oh. Um, or they just split into two teams, like every team has two rosters. Really? Playing. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, fascinating. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, we don't do that. No. Okay. Not at all. Well, they do that. Okay. Um, and you know, see see what's working, what's not, mm-hmm. and. So it's the time for experimentation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so uh, to uh, answer a question that Rebecca you had without yes. bullshit. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> so <what>
1: <laughs> no, I did enjoy the bullshit. That was good. Yes.
0: So uh, Rebecca's question had to do with why the spring training reports uh, one was one half was headed with grapefruit and the other half mm. was headed with cactus. I'm still sad yeah. about the cactus. Yeah. Um and my Poor response cat-say. was the, the teams that are struggling uh, they they money. get to play with a grapefruit because it's easier to hit. Um but the the better teams want to challenge themselves by playing with a, a dwarf barrel cactus. <laughs> um the pitcher gets a special glove, you know. Um yeah. So the actual answer (laughs) is instead of splitting by, like, American League and National League, they split down the middle of the country into west and east for spring Mm, training. Interesting. Uh, The eastern teams play in Florida, and that's called the Grapefruit League. Which rules do you use? It might be in the the home ballpark uh of... Because this is the thing that brain. always
2: blows my mind is that these, like, the National League and the American League actually have slightly different rules, but they yeah. play yeah. each other all the time, and I don't.
0: Well, every every team's smart. got their home city for spring training, sure. like uh, the Marlins are in Jupiter, mm-hmm. um, at least for, for uh, Florida teams. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to the Arizona spring training, which mm-hmm. is the Cactus League, mm-hmm. um, just because I never had the opportunity to go to any of their games. Right. Um, so the floor, for the Florida teams, at least, everybody has their, their town, their home ballpark. Um, and so I would assume that it's whoever's the home team, they play by that team's mm-hmm. league's rules. I guess that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah,
1: I just, I'm not sure. I, I went into the... I went into my... Um... My app to look for uh, to look for when the Yankees were playing because I was with my grandmother and she needed to know when the Yankees were playing. And I looked at the standings and saw grapefruit and cactus, and I was like, "Is my <laughs> is my
0: app okay? <laughs> what? yeah, What's happening?" I I understand them not wanting to go with like citrus and cactus because the words are are uh, too, too similar. similar.
2: Yeah,
0: but using grapefruit just kind of baffles me. Is it orange.
1: always grapefruit or, and cactus? Cracti- yeah. yep. Cactus? Yep. Every year it's grapefruit and cactus.
0: Yep. So, yeah, okay. you got orange, you got lemon, you got I tangerine. mean, the, the Lemon League is
2: kind of a whole different.
0: Yeah, state. I can understand why they avoided the Lemon League. <laughs> but Tangerine League sounds good. Yeah, is long, though? I mean, orange. Palm. League, like, palm League. It's like a cactus yeah. and a
2: palm. Oh, the palm yeah. league.
0: Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Fits in Florida.
2: Yeah. Well, while we're talking about spring training in Florida, actually, I just wanted to put this note in. So there was a friend of ours uh, named Joyce Schnobrick who uh, went to church with me for a long time. And she recently died uh, like January, in January. And we had her memorial service and they were telling stories about Joyce. And Joyce was, first of all, hilarious. Uh, and second of all, a huge sports fan. Um, she kept... Incredibly weird hours at least in part so she could stay up and watch (laughs) tennis live in Australia
1: So, oh my god, I know people who do that Yeah, (laughs) so one
2: of them was Joyce And so you would frequently if you ever like looked at her Facebook activity You'd see like Joyce up at 4 a.m. Like screaming (laughs) about sports in the Facebook feed Which you know, this is like a five-foot-nothing little old lady who wore purple glitter nail polish a lot, right? amazing yeah, she was kind of me on the ingredients of my key lime oh, pie. That's right, she did, yes. Um, and it was all sports; like she was super into tennis. She was super. She would watch, you know, the high school league uh, softball championships. She would watch t ball; like she was into it all. Um, and so, at the uh, memorial service, her brother was telling stories on her, and one of the stories he told was that um, apparently the Red Sox do spring training in Florida. And they lived in Florida, and apparently the thing that got her into sports was that she and her girlfriends would go watch the Red Sox do spring training and would go down and sit on the roof of the dugout <laughs> and, like, be friends with oh my god the famous Red Sox players who, you know, mean nothing to me, but apparently Bobby Dore and Johnny Petsky, Petsky, pesci something like that. Uh, Joe we Pesci? Kind of, no, 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 no. <laughs> not him. Uh, I looked them up. I did Google them. They were they were real famous players. But yeah, apparently that's Joyce, awesome. Joyce and yeah. her girlfriends as like 13 and 15 year olds would go sit on the dugout and hang out oh with the and watch summer league or uh, spring training baseball in Florida. And from then on, she was sold. She was a sports fan. So, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I just thought it was a really cute story.
0: So. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little more structured now. But I do <laughs> I know a guy who surprised. liked to go to the uh, the Braves games a few years ago. Uh-huh. And heckle Heckle Chipper Jones from the outdoors. <laughs> so. <laughs>
2: nice.
0: So yeah, um, so and to follow up on our conversation from the last episode, uh, on the Bean Ball, um, several Twitter accounts have sprung up to track, uh. Uh, Astros' bean counter numbers. Oh, no. Um, How many batters have been hit by pitches? But as of, I think, two days ago, at least I haven't checked since then, um, Astros have only been hit by seven pitches in spring training games, um, which Cardinals have been now hit by eight and several other teams by six. Okay,
2: so that's really totally average. Yeah,
0: and if you look at the players who are getting hit... That still seems
2: like too many. (laughs) 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 you got to account for some accidents. Yeah,
0: and there is, like... One of the ways you can tell if, if a if a batter gets hit by a um, a non fastball, it usually means that it didn't mean for them to get hit. Like a curveball that curves too much or right. doesn't curve enough. Sure. Um, and okay, but this is this feels <laughs> like one of those
1: things to me that you're a pitcher. You have one job to do. Your whole <laughs> life's focus is pitching a ball over a very small area, right? And, and a foot away from that area is a very large human. It <laughs> seems to me that if you're good at your job, it should be easy to avoid the very
0: large human. See,
2: this is like the all-basketball players should have a 100% free-throw rate Yes, argument. they should.
0: <laughs> well, I, I got two things to say about that. So first of all, if the job was to pitch the ball right down the center, right mm-hmm. over the plate, then yes, mm-hmm. pitchers would be... There would be... Okay. very very few hits mm-hmm. but you're not trying to pitch a nice you know fastball right down over the plate you're trying to make it look like it's going to over go over the plate but then you okay. know, curve in another that's a good way point. right or, okay you know make it look like it's not going to go over the plate and then
2: it does right and,
0: yeah and also pitchers are just pitching so many times in the course of the game mm-hmm. and you know very tiny um you know hand position changes mm-hmm. you know tiny bits of moisture on the player's hands uh, can turn into huge changes when they throw it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's fair.
0: Yeah. Um, so
1: I concede the point.
0: Yeah. And so most of these these hits are not, you know, the pitcher trying to, to bean somebody. Um, but, I mean, and if you look at the players who are getting hit and the pitchers who are hitting them, um, it doesn't quite match up in terms of, like, you know, the players getting revenge. So I figure this means either two things. Either the opposing players are trying to rise above the low expectations that have been set for them, or more likely they're all waiting for the regular season to begin to have the bigger crowds and the national audience. (laughs) So we'll see what happens when the regular season commences. Nice. Yeah? Nice. So that's what I had about uh, spring training. Um, We did want to get to the, uh, the basketball game. Steph Curry's first game back, which was on the 5th of March. That sounds right. I bring up every window but the one with my notes on it. Um, So the Warriors uh, actually ended up losing that game. They did. Uh, Although it was close was several points. and They they gained a whole hell of a lot of momentum in the the quarter.
2: They they did much better than I expected, honestly. And I really thought that they were actually going to win it for a significant chunk of the game.
0: Yeah. And there were a few slip-ups, like poor Damian Lee, who'd been playing so well oh, for the whole game. Poor Damian Lee, <sighs> messed up like three, three times, times in, right a row. in a row, all right in like clear the last mistakes, minute. Yes, yeah, oh, that you felt oh, for the guy. Uh, I did. I, um, it was
2: like, oh yeah, bless his heart. I yeah. felt terrible for him.
0: So uh, I just have a couple questions here, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and most just for Nancy because mm-hmm. she'd be the one who knew of the three <laughs> of us. Um, so are you surprised Steph started, given that he can only play 28 minutes of the game?
2: No, not at all. So, so the thing that you're saying here is correct, that Steph is on what's called a minutes restriction. So it's normal to, and and this is normal, I think, in hockey, too, to manage the amount of time like your star guys spend out there, right? Um, you don't want to wear out your star player's. If you don't have to, so the minutes that a basketball player plays will always go up in the playoffs usually if they're a good Mm -hmm. player But during the regular season, it's like whatever Steph Curry, I want to say averages around like 32 33 minutes a game something like that So he'll usually play all of the first quarter all of the third quarter and like a good chunk of the fourth quarter
0: so, for a regular season game, this wasn't hugely restrictive. It had no, had not hugely minutes. Yeah, right.
2: so the 28 minutes is, you know, enough to, like, get him really warm, to get him, like, in the swing of things. Because if you're putting him in and then pulling him out too fast, like, that's not really letting him get into his rhythm. Right. Which is important. <laughs> um, so, so, I'm not at all surprised that they started him. He was you know the reason anybody was watching that game (laughs) so like yeah you you lead with with putting your star player that is beloved by everybody back Mm -hmm. in the starting lineup Mm -hmm. like yeah absolutely and i'm sure it's what he wanted to like one of the things about Steph Curry is he really just loves playing it's very clear so just holding him out of the starting lineup to just make sure that like he played one less minute or something not no no No. no i was not surprised
1: Okay. <laughs> I love I love when they do those kind of like symbolic starting lineups. Yeah. Yeah. yeah every every nice. once in a while in hockey, you'll get two brothers playing on opposing sides, oh, and yeah, the yeah. and even if they're both like mm-hmm. third line defenders or fourth mm-hmm. line forwards, mm-hmm. they they will frequently the coaches will frequently start them against each other just for that little moment.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: interesting because starting lineups, you know, are are, are a prestige thing, right? Like generally speaking, if yeah. you Have. You know, you want to put your your highest paid players, your best players in the starting lineup. But one of the things that I find fun about Steve Kerr is that if he's got somebody out, you know, like if one of his, you know, if Clay's out or Steph's out or Draymond's out, um, he doesn't necessarily always have a consistent backup. He'll try anybody. So you'll see diverse starting lineups on the Warriors a lot more than you will on other teams. He doesn't necessarily have like, okay, Steph's out, so we're only going to put this guy in instead.
0: Yeah, they mm-hmm. um, the, the announcer said at least once that this was the 33rd different starting lineup for the Warriors this season. Right, wow. which
2: in that case, that reflects a certain level of desperation. <laughs> <laughs> but there is truth that Steve Kerr is a lot more willing to just sort of mix things up than yeah. a lot of other coaches are.
0: Yeah, and they also said that uh, Steph had ten new teammates Mm -hmm. uh, than he did
2: Mm -hmm. last time he was on the floor. Messing around, they did at the trade deadline. Yeah, Yeah. like I'm not kidding when I said they swapped like
0: basically half their team.
1: Wow, ten new teammates since the last time he played.
2: Yep. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. And were there some that had come and gone by the time that Steph came back? E- um,
2: possibly, there was at least one who I think played. Actually, I think maybe DeLo played like four minutes with Steph before he was injured, and then was gone.
0: <laughs> that's gotta suck. You're like, yes, I'm gonna play with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson wasn't and- it was somebody
2: else. Well, right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, yeah, it has sucked for them this year. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, uh, something I heard uh, quite a bit from the announcers, I'm going to see if you agree. Do you agree the ball movement looked good?
2: I do. So, one of the things that I was really happy about uh, was how energized and engaged the entire team looked with Steph back. Um, I have not been watching a ton of Warriors basketball. Just... Mostly because I have been busy with other things in my personal life. Like, it hasn't necessarily been that they have mm. sucked and thus I haven't been watching. It's just been like, I got shit going on. Um, but also, they've sucked, and so it's been a lot less fun <laughs> to them. <laughs> so I haven't prioritized uh-huh. it in the same way I might have otherwise. Um, but the games that I have caught, it's been a lot of, like I said, five different guys playing basketball, not a team. And Mm -hmm. so it was really nice to see, you know, Andrew Wiggins looked really good. He looked engaged. He looked like he was, you know, he was passing the ball. One of the things that's really classic about the Warriors is that they move the ball a lot. Uh, They don't just like bring it out, give it to one guy and then like let him shoot it. They pass it around and it makes it very hard for other teams to keep up with them. And they were doing that, which was really nice. Um, Is that something that they have
1: struggled with the rest of the season?
2: Yes, very much so. Yeah um so that was really nice to see uh i felt like the entire rest of the team was like really putting in an effort like it wasn't entirely successful always <laughs> but you can see that they yeah. were really mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. which is great so i felt really reassured by that and, and it was so nice to see everybody so happy again yeah i mean because this is one of the things losing seasons are hard on teams it yeah just, it doesn't feel good and i think overall the warriors Players have done a good job of keeping morale up. I think Steve Kerr has done a good job of keeping morale up overall. Um, you know, he's still very much about like, well, okay, it's, this season is not our season, but like we're practicing for next year. Like we're, we're working, we're growing, we're developing, we're getting better together, uh, which is all great. But having that excitement of having like your best guy who is also like kind of your hype guy, back on the floor and doing the things that he does amazingly, which he did do. I mean mm-hmm. he sunk some incredible three pointers, yeah. which was fantastic. <laughs> um and the bench went wild and the crowd went wild and stuff went wild and like yeah, so it was really it was really nice. So yeah, I think the ball movement was good and I think the ball movement was emblematic of other stuff that was okay. Happening. And I think
0: you mentioned wanting to talk about the uniforms. Yeah, wore. was that the first time they had worn them, or I'm not sure if
2: it was the first time I'd seen them. Yeah, I don't know if it was as well. the first time they'd worn them. So they were wearing these very retro uniforms because the NBA teams all have, I want to say, five different uniforms. They have like two home uniforms, two away uniforms, and a fifth, like, weird extra special uniform. Oh um, wow!
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did note that because uh, the magic picked a uh, mm-hmm. shade of orange that <laughs> described as butt ugly <laughs> for their special uniform. Yeah, so. it's
2: interesting. Um, Nike does all the uniforms for the NBA, and so there are different designs every year. Um, and the Warriors and the Sharks actually do a really good job of honoring like local uh, stuff a lot, and so the logos. Or some of the Warriors uh, jerseys have really involved um, some of the historic logos because the Warriors team used to be in San Francisco a long time ago, and then it was in the Oakland for 47 years. And then it just this year moved back across the bay to San Francisco, but they've done a lot of stuff that's like, well, the, we're the Bay's team, we're not the San Francisco team now. And so, you know, they've got these different logos that honor Oakland, and that honor the city, and that honor the bay. Um, And this was a very sort of retro jersey. It was, like, really bright, like, what, like, yellow and orange and navy? Yeah, yeah,
0: yellow, red, and blue. It was very,
2: like,
0: kind of 70s. It was very 70s and
2: had, like, (laughs) a very 70s font. But I thought they were great, actually. Like, they're almost cartoonish. Yeah, there was a
0: a point at which Steph was sitting on the bench, and he Uh had a white jacket on, and I thought it was a hoodie. It was actually his towel in the matching color scheme that he had over his head. I was like, that's a sweet hoodie! I want that! I know!
2: So the the bench towels were, like, horizontal, (laughs) like, three fat stripes in those colors with, like, the Warriors logo on them, and they were baller. Like, I meant to go look on the store and see if I could buy one, honestly. Because... Yeah, it looks really good. <laughs> I'm sure so, you could. I'm sh- somebody must be selling them. Yeah. yeah. So so I thought it was great. I, I'm into it. And I need to go look at the rest of their uniforms for this year, too. Like, I have seen them, but I haven't, like, gone and looked at them. Um, they definitely, they had a really cool design last year or the year before that's, like, the Chinatown design that's really cool. So Yeah.
1: Well, the fact that they have, like, five jerseys is fascinating to me.
2: Yeah, the thing honestly that I found most fascinating was when I figured out that they change the logo in the center of the basketball court every time, so that no. it matches the jerseys. Interesting. had what is that? Yeah, yeah, they do. Oh, <laughs> Some intern with cool. a paint scraper out there. No, so the floors are modular. You can oh. pick them up and put them down because you have to be able to because they do concerts that, and shit yeah, in there, that right? Makes sense. So you pick and,
1: up and and they do hockey games. Because have you ever seen the videos of them? Pulling up a basketball court to reveal the ice underneath. It's wild.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So, basketball courts are modular, and the mm-hmm. Warriors, I assume other teams do it too, but the Warriors in particular, I'm, a, I'm aware, have different logos in, in center court to match the different jerseys that they wear. So, it's really fun. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think if there was anything else I particularly wanted to say about that game. It was a good game. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I was that they lost, but honestly the game was so good that I kind of didn't care. Yeah, really I mean,
0: care. you could see them, had yeah. momentum, and...
2: Yeah, it uh, felt good. Yeah. It just, it really felt good was the thing, I thought. I'm looking back through... Like, honestly,
1: I will, I will take that any day. I will take an honest yes. loss where they played well, and they looked like they were clicking, and like, things felt good, mm-hmm. rather than...
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I don't know that I'll take that over a win, but... <laughs> A win, but uh, everybody's unhappy.
0: Take,
2: oh, right. <laughs> well, um, I, I might actually take it over like a really bitter, hard-fought win because I hate those games where it's like really close and it goes back and forth, and everybody's just like really stressed, and there's too many fouls or penalties, and like you know.
1: Yeah. Like, so, so there's a guy I follow on Twitter who does um, hockey analytics and visualizations. Visit, yeah, visualizations, mm-hmm. visuals. <laughs> um and one of the metrics he measures games by is fun, dull mm. uh bad and and one of them one of them is we may win, but I may die and <laughs> that's that's the one that's that's uh-huh. particularly hard to watch, yeah, that kind yeah. of game, which is where the caps and the stars have been most of the season <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, no, I think that was. Oh, (laughs) I did tweet one thing. So there's a rookie on the Warriors named Jordan Poole who wears his shorts very short. (laughs) Oh. Yes. (laughs) It's really funny. Because it's not, you know, it's not like a return to the 70s, like short shorts, which for the record, I'm all in favor of. Um, But it's like he just, he intentionally gets them like a size or two smaller than is intended, which... He says it's to improve his ball handling.
0: Uh, (laughs) Insert a comment
2: here. (laughs) But it's just really funny to like, because nobody else is doing it, right? So to like see him out on the court and like you can see half his thigh and also it's tight to his butt. Yeah. it's like, I mean, good for you buddy. Like, way to go. Show off your assets. But it's just hilarious to then see everybody else with them like baggy to their knees, you know i mean it's not yeah i, I just pulled up way. some pictures of him yeah i i fully support this right be proud jordan Poole. be proud but yeah it's amusing to watch in action oh my one complaint they're not they were not paying attention to rebounds which i always find personally frustrating yeah which yes yeah. so i would like them to pay a little more attention to rebounds that would be a good yes lesson. so by rebounds you mean when they shoot the ball Right, so there's offensive and defensive rebounds, um, but basically the concept is one guy shoots the ball. If it, if you're, if the guy who shoots the ball is not on your team, you want to get the ball before somebody who is on his team gets another chance to put it up. If the guy who shoots the ball is on your team, you still want to get the ball because then you or somebody else want to put it back up <laughs> and get a point. Right, right. Yeah. But there's this thing that happens sometimes where everybody just kind of gives up and runs back to the other end instead of, like, finding for the ball. Right. And, the, yeah, so that always annoys me. Like, at least make a token effort. Like, at least try <laughs> try it again. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. At that least pretend word, you though. care. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Fucked.
0: Okay, was there, was there anything else from that game? No, I don't think so. Or anything else from The Peanut Gallery? Which is Rebecca and her cat. Yes. Which cat is this?
1: Who is our This is Sassy. Hi. She's my old lady. She's my crotchety old lady. (laughs) She's 13 and a half. Mm -hmm. And she still only weighs like seven pounds. Mm. Yeah.
2: Just concentrated.
0: Yeah. No,
1: she does not have anything to add. She's (laughs) enjoying the nice quiet night where mom is not yelling at the television.
0: (laughs) All right, well, uh, so that about wraps it up for this week. Um, I will throw it over to Rebecca to uh, tell us where you can find us on the social media.
1: Yes, we are on Instagram at, at Foul Puck Podcast, Twitter at Foul Puck Pod, Facebook.com slash Foul Puck Pod. Our website is Foul You can email us at Foul at gmail.com. And But honestly, we're mostly on Twitter, so <laughs> at Foul Puck Pod is probably the best place to get any of us. Indeed. Um, yeah. We'd also
0: like to say thank you to Joe, who does our editing. Yes. And you, um, let you know that our uh, intro and outro music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com.
2: Yay.
0: All right. So we'll go ahead and sign up for today. And uh, for Foul Puck, I have been Rachel. I continue to be Nancy.
1: And I'm Rebecca.
0: And we'll see you next time.